I am unashamed. What about you? So, so my question, Jason, because I, I know the answers for me and Dad. So, so as you sit here today, because we're we're deep into hunting season, um, which is always rough on y'all more than me because I don't hunt that much anymore. Physically, emotionally. physically, emotionally, not you know. spiritually. Spiritually is good. It's good. Um, so, is is any are you like is something physically wrong with you at this moment? Do you have uh, like some injury ailment? I mean, I've had a few as we've gone along right now at this moment other than a little soreness in the back i'm pretty good so the reason i'm asking is because currently dad's show show our audience oh yeah i saw this i I was impressed at first because i thought look at dad he's just all ripped but then i realized it's no it ripped like ripped get the light on it see all this purple here i thought you had shot your gun off your your what is it, your bicep? Yeah, bicep. I made a quick move, a sudden movement <laughs> with this arm. I made a sudden movement because my weapon was falling, and I caught it. But And I felt a pretty good sting of pain. See how much bigger it is here? So somewhere in this process, the bicep is balling up now here. It's you know it it looks like you said oh, well, you pretty yeah. talked up. So how well, how long ago did that happen? I would say this was three or four days ago. <clears throat> Miss Kay's physical therapist he looked at it so whoa, so he did a little stretching <laughs> exercise. The first one thing another, but the bottom line is they he said if Mandy might ought to have that checked. I think they're going to have to go in there and surgically and, reattach. Yeah, he didn't realize who he was talking to. Well, I said, you're hey, the same man that I saw. Suck it te- up after duck season. We may think <laughs> Look, about it. Phil was teaching a Bible class while he had. Uh, he was passing a kidney stone. Yeah, kidney stones. And they said, you might already go to the hospital over that. And Phil's like, nah, it'd be all right. And so about halfway through the class, he, he goes down to one knee, and I thought, well, this is something he's going to show people <laughs> when, you, like, when you pray. Yes, like humility, right. I thought it was an illustration. And he said, everybody rest easy. I'm in a little bit of pain here. And then he turned over and went. He's still teaching. He went on his back. So just imagine there's a class full of people looking toward the podium, and there's a man looking like Phil does on his back. Look, and he started raising his feet up against the wall, and he kept on. So trying to get a little relief here, but but never fear, I'll finish my lesson. And look, his intensity he returned. Never stopped. He never stopped the lesson. And finally, after it was the time, okay, it's been forty five minutes that a man taught with his head. Oh, Pointing the other way with his feet up on the wall. Did he have a Bible? Yeah, oh, he had yeah. his Bible. And, I and turned over and read it, you know. And the further I went, my mouth finally, there was so much pain. I said, I don't know whether my mouth's going to keep moving or not. His, his lips started quivering. And I thought, this man's fixed to die right here. And he's my dad. And they literally. In the Bible class. In, in Bible class. And they finally convinced him to go up. Well. Which the was, nurses back in the back, because we had some medical people there, they were up there betting on whether you finish. Is he, he going to make it or not? 
So they were placing their bets. So oh, the idea he'll just never say, you know, make it. And you, some of them said, oh, he'll make it. Of course, then he goes to the hospital and they say, you know, we got to go up in there and see what's going on. And Phil said, whoa, 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 go up in there. I said, start start with that. Go, you know, explain, How does that work? Explain yeah. that one. So go Phil up in there. Phil gave him an exegesis on <laughs> what, what a one-way road is yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, that's, that's supposed to be an But anyway, right. they said, well, Phil, we're going to put you under. And I'm getting to the point that Phil does not, when he has an ailment, he, he just doesn't do what normal people do. And he said, I would rather you not put me under because he's kind of weird about By that. By the way, we're in the book of John. And speaking of the resurrection of the dead, I learned about the resurrection of the dead during that process because when they finally said this kidney stone is hung right where the, the, the two urethra Right, right in there where that one one tube coming out of this kidney, one coming out of that one. There's a little fork in the road there. Well, it <laughs> lodged. medical term? The thing lodged right there. That's why I said go up in there. We're going to look. Hey, I'm getting queasy. So here. look, they go up in there. And they see this thing. They said, well, we got to surgically remove it, whatever. To, to, to. He said, we're going to have a little piece of, looks like a, you know, y'all catch garfish or rod and reel. Their teeth get hung on this little, it's a little fuzzy ball. He said, we're going to foul that thing. And I said, so what's the next move? He said, come on out of there with it. So that's what they decided to do to get rid of it. Well, I, I laid back when it came time for him to go hunting for the for the kidney stone. And the guy said, "You go." some nurse said, you're going to feel a little warm, warm pain in your arm. So they stick a needle in me, and I'm sitting there. And look, in, in a matter of seconds, I'm sitting there, and I just start, and I fall asleep. As soon as my eyes closed like that, now listen to this carefully. You'll learn about the resurrection of the dead. From a kidney as, stone. From a yeah. kidney stone. Okay. I had never been under the knife, as they say, except right here. Yeah. So my eyes closed. And look, the next thing I know is my eyes were like this. I opened them. I closed them. And there was no passage of time. There was no, I hope he hurries up. I closed my eyes because he said it's going to be a little warm feeling in your arm. I closed my eyes and I opened them. And when I opened them, I said, let's get the show on the road. Let's, let's just get this thing over with. He said, the show's over. The doctor said, the show's over. And I said, what? He said, the show's over. I said, did you get the kidney stone? He said, I got the kidney stone. And he had it in a bottle, and he shook it like that and handed it to me. And I said, I finally understand the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. And he said, told one of them nurses, I think he's hallucinating. <laughs> you know, take him back to his room. I said, I ain't hallucinating. I said, no. I said, no time passed for me. Yep. I said, how long was that whole procedure? He said, about an hour. I said, yeah. I closed my eyes, and I opened them. That could have been a hundred hours. It'd have been the same result. I'd have closed my eyes, and a hundred hours later, I'd have opened them. But at the time that passed for me was like this, yeah. that long. The people who have died before us, they're asleep. That's why the Bible says they've fallen Fall asleep. asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's like going under the knife. Yeah. Well, if that had been ten years, if they could have got some tubes in me to fed me, it would have still been this long. Right. I'd have closed my eyes 10 years later, I'd open them. 
the Apostle Paul and all of them, they fall asleep, their bodies. But they they open their eyes. The right. worst it can be when you when you pass, when you when you physically die. You close your eyes. No time passes for right. you because you're dead asleep. Right. No time passes, and look, you just close your so eyes. So a thousand and open years them. go by. I think a thousand that's years why. go by, and you say, "Boy, Resurrection Day." That's the worst it could be. I think that's why First <coughs> Corinthians fifteen says, "In the twinkling of an eye." I had the same problem when I went to the Ukraine and I was doing the humanitarian mission, and we were sharing Jesus with people. When I come back, we all got sick. I think I've shared this story before. But they started running, the next couple of years, they started running all these tests on me. And they put me <laughs> under, and they said, we're going to go, you know, from the other end and do this scope and all this. Well, when I, the next thing I knew, I was laying there just like you. Next thing I knew, I was standing on a hospital bed, and I had a piece of the railing from the bed. Yep. And there was about three nurses there. And I was like, I can tell they were trying to calm me down. I didn't even know I was up on the bed with a railing. Yeah. I mean, they put me under. When I when I came to, I'm in a war. <laughs> ready to battle. Yeah. And but you I didn't know like, why? I mean, No, I dream? just when I, and then I like said, what's going on? And they're like, everything's fine, you know. But I just, and somewhere in the process, I guess in my dream state, I thought, you know, you shouldn't be doing whatever you're doing to me. I was ready to fight. <laughs> and so then when I started asking them, they said I was I had invited them all to church and a, a fish fry, but then it you know, then I got <laughs> then I was like, Hey, back off. So uh, I don't know how you boys are, but like I love my sheets. You love your sheets? On my bed? Th- yeah, on your bed. Oh. Do you, I mean, are they important to your... This Kay goes flannel sheets during the winter. Yeah, She switches from cotton in the spring can't, to can't do flannel it. in the yeah, winter. I can't sleep on flannel. I sweat no matter what. Me too. You know, yeah, I don't. I have to have... Sheets are the only thing that I tell my wife we need to wash from time to time, you know? I mean, because I want to be comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm the one stinking I like up. flannel sheets. They're soft, real soft. That's shocking to me. So you never know. Well, look. So we got we got some. I got some sheets. You guys got to check out. There's a there's a company called Bowl and Branch, and people are really loving and talking about their sheets. I didn't realize this uh, that three U.S. presidents. It doesn't say which three. Uh, this the only bedding they use, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if they gave them to the presidents, let them try them, or what, or maybe they just found it. Uh, and then look at this, Dad. For a limited time. You can get their luxury flannel bedding. There you go. To keep you cool sleepers warm because they breathe and keep you warm sleepers cool. Yeah. Well, I've always said they need to do luxury flannel. They need to do two sheets, one flannel, one regular, and then swap them as the seasons change if you're married to a person with a different temperature gauge than you. You'd make so just one side of the beds and one, one side of the yeah, other. Then you have options. a mix sheet. Hmm. Tell them to do it. All right, I will talk to yeah. both. And I'll tell you this: every time I've ever been at a hotel and they said we're going to give you the presidential suite, that's always been a really good thing. So maybe that's where they got the idea there. Oh, maybe so. It could yeah. be. So shipping's always free. Uh, you get to try them out thirty nights, risk free. 
Really? Uh, yeah. That's nice of them. That's very nice of them. So if you don't like them, you can send them back. Uh, but you'll love them because three presents, that's all they'll use. Right now, you get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com. Promo code Robertson. You know, that's us. $50 off uh, bowlandbranch.com. Robertson. So check them out. It's worth a try. You get 30 nights to see if you like them or not. So, that's I, the, yeah, there was no time had passed. That's the scary part about it because I had, of course, back to the original thing with Dad. So the Robertsons, I don't know if everybody does. I do for sure. I don't know about you, Jace, but, you know, we have a super high pain threshold. And it comes from our grandpa at first because Paul would, you know, his, his gallbladder literally became gangrenous in his body and he just sat yeah. there and never went to the doc nothing oh almost, we all saw it happen he almost died i mean one of his well yeah they I mean, we want to keep this pg-13 <laughs> but let's just say he went from a marble to a grapefruit <laughs> yep and whether he had clothes on or not it was noticeable yep. yeah and the man just it went on for weeks. It never went to the doctor. So he yeah. just a super high pain threshold. Dad's the same way. So when I walk in the other day and dad, the physical therapist is trying to work on dad. And he's, yeah. so I, I knew dad was in pain. And so the guy's like, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with him. And I said, but let me just tell you, what's his name? Uh, John something. John Wesley. John Wesley. I said, well, let me just tell you something, John Wesley. Whatever dad, if he's telling you he's hurting, Whatever's going on with him is like 50 times worse than a normal person. So, like, if he's saying I'm hurting, like, we probably should be taking him to the ER because something bad is going on. That was the other day. Well, you just thought, oh, this kind of pop. Well, think about it. it. The man's had a root canal with no deadening. We were on a duck hunting trip in Arkansas, and he said, I got something in my eye. We pull in over at a, you know, walk-in clinic. And then they pull out a rod that was over – I'm not kidding. It was over an inch long yep. out of his eye. It was just stuck in it the corner. It was just stuck in the corner of his eye. And, I, and he's like, put a patch on. We was, you know, <laughs> I was thinking, well, then when hey. I was telling you about his urinalysis, the procedure to find out what they were going to do, the doctor said, well, you're the first person that's ever done this awake. You know, Phil's looking at the screen. They're looking up in there, you know. While they're doing the Because he said, you know, we can put you under and it'll take two hours. And feels like I'd rather just do it, and he's like, "Well, it'll take five minutes, but that it's going to be excruciating pain." Feels like, "Oh, I can handle anything for It'd five right. minutes." It wasn't that bad. So <laughs> the doctor's like, "I've never had a man looking at the camera screen while we're looking up in there." So, so he, he told first. me, "He said, good call." He said, "You all right?" I said, "Am I all right?" Yeah, I'm fine. No, I just the idea. I mean, it wasn't that. something you want to go do, just mess around. But I mean, <laughs> not for funsies. No. Well, so the, anyway, the high pain threshold and on one side of that, you know, people are like, "Oh, those guys are real men." The negative side of it is, is we don't always get the best of care when we're really hurt because we just tend to suck it up and and go. So it's just like this arm; it may have to be surgically fixed. But you're, you're like, yeah. I mean, Phil, I would have the. I mean, into yeah, right. immediately. I think that's a torn bicep. I'm not a doctor, but I think that's a torn bicep. It's a torn something. 
because yeah. your muscle just doesn't turn purple overnight. Well, and then and ball up. What are these, one of these, one of these guys, one of these surgeons, you know, that somebody's watching this show, call me up, give me a call, and say, okay, here's what's happening. Yeah, all the all the healthcare people out there. These I feel like you're crazy. It, it doesn't hurt now like it did when I did it. Well, that was my question this morning. I said, Dad, are you hurting? He said, well. You know, that's a relative term. So yeah, I, I like, feel like now he's going to be like these football players every time they score a touchdown. You know, they go, Ugh. Now when you kill a duck, you're, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I'm not raising it up too high. I'm not moving, and I'm picking up my bag and my gun with this arm, not this one. I'm leaving that one there. Kind of. Well, the good it. thing is it's not your shooting arm. No. But well, that's what I'm saying. He still hunts every day. It's just, of course, look, my wife was on my – I had a ruptured appendix for a week, and – you know, I could have died easily and probably should have, but the Almighty looked out for me. But well, it was, Phil it was the, the same, same problem. I had well, the high pain threshold, so I'm yeah. having these rigors and fever at night, but I wouldn't go to the doctor. Well, it's like when I had the earwig in my ear, you know, my wife, she had, she said, I got two questions because I told her the story, you know, the next morning. I mean, the earwig eventually came out, but she's like, number one, why did it take you three hours before you went toward the vehicle to go to the hospital? And I said, well, if you were in that much pain, you know, why, why, why does it take you three hours? Because I'm like, well, I'm try- I was trying to figure out what the problem was. <laughs> and if like, it would but just it doesn't go- matter. Were you in severe pain instantly? I said, yep. In so much pain. I said, well, number one, I couldn't walk it. So first. you have this earwig varmint up in your ear gnawing on your eardrum. Yeah, yeah. drawing blood. <laughs> So our friends at Keeps, we've been talking a lot about trying to keep our hair, yeah. um, which, you know, I, I've said all along that the as I got a little thicker in the middle, uh, in my middle age years, getting back on a diet, that the vest was the has been one of the greatest inventions for middle-aged men, second only to the hat. Because most people, you know, your hair starts getting thin, you start growing bald, they wear hats to cover it. Well, I wear a hat as a hairnet. Well, there you go, because you got so much hair. That's right. So, so, so you don't have a problem keeping your hair. Nope, I don't. And you hadn't had much on that. You still look pretty good. No. But I've got a little, I got a little bald spot that's coming up. I'm so, gray with a whiskers, but my hair has not turned white yet. No, seventy-three years old. Just still hanging on. It's a little on. thinner, but huh? it's hanging on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the deal is there, but I mean, you know, hey. <laughs> When's the last time you actually brushed it? My hair. Yeah. Oh. Years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, maybe maybe mm. that's the secret. You know, maybe we tell our friends it keeps well, just don't brush it. I don't get a brush and say, let me brush my hair. <laughs> but it, that's yeah. a woman's uh, type thing. I would think <laughs> a woman sitting on the bed brushing her hair, nothing, not a prettier sight anywhere. I feel like I know you better at this moment. <laughs> yeah. So for all the rest of us who aren't that and never brush our hair, uh, if you're losing your hair, you go to keeps.com slash door, D-O-O-R. Uh, they're going to tell you about some of their generic versions of these hair loss products that they get. The problem is, is this stuff is super expensive. As many of you men probably know, they've tried these other things. So try Keeps. Uh, they got the right thing. They'll ship it to your door discreetly, it says, if uh, if you need that. Uh, but it's keeps.com slash door. So you can sign up your first order. You get treatment 50% off. That's 50% off your first treatment uh, if you sign up with keeps.com slash door. Keep your hair.
And yeah. so the, she said, and the second question is, why didn't you just crawl 10 feet and wake me up? With that, I never thought about. I just I never crossed my mind. You're not going to believe something's in my ear. I mean, it's, it's kind of. I thought I'd bust in my eardrum. She's like, but how? I said, well, when I felt the sting, I hit myself in the ear. So I thought, well, that was dumb. I didn't want to go to the hospital and say, look, this sounds stupid, but I thought something was biting me or stinging me. And in I, my ear. And I my busted ear. my own eardrum. <laughs> the embarrassment of that was worse than the pain because I thought, I know what I did. I so they say earwigs are not really, they don't go in your yeah, ears. They say that, but that's where Jace's oh, ended up. And it's well, let me tell you all this. Earwig. This is part two. We did you know, a whole podcast about this. Three days ago, I have a bug person that comes and sprays. I wouldn't do it, but my wife, she's terrified of all bugs. So we pay you know, this woman to come in, they spray, you know, spray stuff, keep bugs out. Okay, fine. So I told her, I was like, look, I don't want to, you know, say you're not doing a good job. And she stopped, you know, I said, but I had an earwig get in my ear and she busted out laughing. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. And I saw another one about a week ago. And she was like, well, where'd you see it? I got out my Bible uh, concordance. You know how big those things are. Yeah. And when I opened it up, it fell out and started crawling on my leg, which, look, I'd already had one in my ear, so when that happened, I stopped everything and killed that immediately. <laughs> it was like a bull rattlesnake had fallen in my lap. Yeah. So I said, I'm just saying, is there something? She said, "That that's, that's folk, you know. That's folklore. <laughs> I said, no, I had an earwig in my – this woman kills bugs. And we had a five-minute argument. She said, no, they don't that, that they don't really get in your yep. ear. I said, wait a minute now. I didn't say I knew a guy. <laughs> I had an earwig get in my ear. You she, were that Look, guy. And she said, are you serious? I said, yes, I'm serious. <laughs> well, she said, well, it. I'll have to check and see if I have something. You know, I was like, you don't even know how to battle this? This is way worse than a roach crawling around <laughs> on your table. This thing. The, these things go for your ear. Yeah, I said, think. I said, you ever see that movie Star Trek where the thing went in their ears, you know? And she's like, no. I said, well, I don't know what I I can do to help you. you If I was a bug person, I would rent that movie and watch it. And then I'd get something that... I've never seen an earwig in my life. I'm 55 years old and you've had two in your house? What are you I've on got some an kind earwig of, problem. Yeah, you, you're on some kind of earwig no burial doubt, ground. No doubt about it. You got yeah. a problem there, dude. You but need to move but, out of that about three days and let them fumigate it, whatever Well, then is. Missy and I argued an hour because I said, you need to fire this bug woman. And she was like, what are you talking about? She's awesome. She's my friend. I was like, she doesn't. She thinks earwigs is folklore. <laughs> So she should be fired when they're crawling out of your ear. Whatever class she went to to become a bug exterminator, they, they missed that. I'm telling you. So the reason I bring it up about the injuries is because as Dad's sitting here with his torn bicep, I've got shingles on my scalp on the back, of, which is a very painful. I thought you died that. No, well, no, you don't die, but it's like your nerve endings. It's and it happens to old people, so it's just, welcome to fifty five. You know that now I get shingles. Is it contagious? No, oh. it's not as far as you know. Okay. But it's a uh, yeah, but it's super painful. And so most people, you know, are like excruciating pain. And somebody all that. told me that if you have shingles and they go all the way around your body, you're, you'll be dead within twenty four hours. Now that's folklore. Ask your bug lady about that. That's well, not true. I'm just saying nobody believes the earwig. 
Well, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, you need to go look. You need to go have that checked. <laughs> I've already been to the doctor. Whatever your discussion is, the <laughs> resurrection is looming larger. <laughs> this is why we keep coming back to the resurrection day because we're getting older and older. It's like the, that's the thing you talk about the most because it's on the yeah. horizon. <clears throat> we have been talking about, uh, about the Book of John, which is is a fascinating read. And I hope you guys are reading along with us uh, since we're talking about it. Uh, something I want to mention, we, we brought up last week um, or last time we were together, uh, we talked about the idea about Jesus being before John and yet being after John the Baptist, which was fascinating. But it, it reminded me since we talked about that, Jesus says the same thing, Jace, in, in John uh, 8 or John 7, I mean. Whenever you remember when they were arguing about the the, the we're the children of Abraham because Jesus tells him he's like look you know if you you'll follow me you won't be a slave anymore you'll be you you can be free and free indeed is, yeah. is the way because they it. were the Jews were under a system right by which they had to try to keep the law perfectly which they couldn't then they had sacrifices which they had animal sacrifices and but you're basically a slave because no one is ever good enough right so. So, so here's what they said to Jesus. They said to him when he tells them, he said, you can be, you know, know the truth and the truth will set you free. Where are you at? I'm in John uh, 8. Um, it was chapter 8. So it, in verse um, 33, my readers, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? <clears throat> so he's given them a spiritual picture of what it means if you follow were to follow me. They're answering with the physical of who they are as Jews, and they're like, we're not slaves of anybody. So then he goes through this whole thing. He calls them children of the devil. You know, Abraham's not your father. The devil's your father. I mean, he just rips into them pretty good. So now they're getting really upset. And then here's what he closes with, and this is why I want to go back to what we talked about the other day. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, before Abraham was born, because they said we're children of Abraham. How dare you? Before Abraham was born, I am. You saying about that greatest statement of all time? Yep. Before the guy you're talking about that oh by the way lived you know a couple of three thousand years earlier before he was born. What everyone needs. What everyone needs to understand is that when God became flesh, John one one, John one fourteen. That didn't mean he didn't exist before then. That's right. He's always been there. Right. He just became flesh 2,018 years ago. When the time was fully born of a woman, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law. But you know that because if you read in 1 Corinthians 10, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized in the Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Old Testament, way back. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them long before this being had become flesh. That rock that they were drinking from was Christ. Hmm. He was there. He was there in the beginning, John said, when the cosmos was made through him all things. He was there. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't flesh until... 2018 years ago, and John was there to record God becoming flesh. Right. It's 
pretty cool. But you got to remember that, you know, he just didn't arrive on the scene when he became a human out of a human of a virgin girl. But that's the old the old prophecy all the way back to the seed of a woman yeah. will crush Satan's head. And you just follow it all the way through, and you finally get to God himself coming out of a woman, a little virgin girl, and there's your Jesus. It's so interesting how they responded. You know, they said, you're not, you're not even 50 years old. <laughs> and you said you've seen Abraham, and then he's like, before Abraham was born, I am. But then the next verse is always funny to me. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. I'm like, what are you going to do with some rocks? The dude just said... I am before Abraham. Well, you're going to threaten me with some rocks? Now you're going to throw some rocks at me? I mean, just think how stupid humans are. I would have ran. I mean, I'm just running, saying that dude is a bad hombre. You know what I mean? I mean, he speaks in in outside of time All i mean right. who, who's do, who's doing that at any he's point? either god or he's crazy enough to That's where right. i ain't gonna you know, either a, way i run yeah this is a bad deal this dude is crazy or he's indestructible I'm telling you but you know several times this happened over the course of jesus ministry in those three years he bent their mind so much with what he was sharing them that you're right. Their their instinct was, we got to kill this guy. We got to kill this guy. We got to oh, yeah. kill oh, this they guy. they eventually oh, yeah. did, which was God's plan, which makes this seem so was, it, but uh, it, erroneous he, that people think you could just make this up. You right. know, When he kept dodging them because it wasn't time yet. Remember, he kept saying well, it wasn't his time. So he would just all of a sudden not be there. I mean, things kept happening, but it was really amazing. You're right. Their first instinct was we got to kill this guy the first time they ever heard him. But it was just because they didn't understand. The Hebrew writer put it this way, you know, he said, uh, he's, uh, and what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek told my Jesus appears who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. Mm. You said that's the difference between he and all the rest of them. Right. You can't, you can't get rid of him. Right. He's God. Right. And he fulfilled. He took on flesh. He fulfilled every part of the old Jewish legal system, too, because he became. The, Noxti- he was his the own Gnostics had started way back then in the first century. Well, they weren't buying it either, a lot of them. You got to remember the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Right. They didn't understand it then, but they don't now today either. It's amazing how that's lived on. So we've talked about this before. Um, I didn't even know there was such a thing, but there are people that will steal your home online. You know, because people keep your this, house, your house, your the the title to your home. Because you think about it, everything's out there in cyberspace somewhere. Yeah. So these people somehow, you know, hack into the, the, a system. This where, goes under hacking. It, it is a hacking. It is. And Theft. so they wind up stealing people's homes. It's, it's happening to a lot of people, which is really scary when you think about it. So uh, we got some folks that are going to help with that. It's called HomeTitleLock.com. So you can go there. You can go to the website. First, you find out, make sure you're not already a victim because somebody may have have done it to you and you don't even know you're just assuming that you know safe at the bank or whatever but i guess it's true with all this uh, cyber crime that goes on 
So you go to their website, hometitlelock.com. You get 60 days free uh, protection uh, right off the bat, and uh, they're going to you know lock you in and lock it down, hometitlelock.com. Well, and we're saying all this because – we it comes back to those same three principles on his DNA that we noted in the first first time that Jesus just didn't decide to live. He is life. He became flesh, verse fourteen, but he's also light and he's also love. You know the passages first John four, God is love. So when he's trying to describe when they say, Well, you're not even fifty years old, what are you talking about? You saw Abraham He's basically saying, I am life. All life came through me. That's what John 1, 3, that's what he started off saying. But it's just hard for humans to wrap their heads around that. I wanted to read the the story in Matthew, what is it, 21, uh, about the resurrection. No, it's 22. Matthew 22, because you think about these people trying to trick Jesus. So they come up there. And it says that same day the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection. You know, the famous preacher joke, they were sad, you see. (laughs) But that represents from our culture, you either believe Jesus' life or you believe there's no resurrection. What other middle ground is there? None. None. You know, I guess the middle ground would be that somehow you die. I've heard the hollywood type say and then you're absorbed into the energy of the universe okay (laughs) and so they say well teacher they said moses now we're going back to this old law of slavery that says that if a man dies without having children his brother must marry the widow and have children for him they had a their law and tradition was that you just passed on if something which i did i would I'm glad I didn't wasn't in this time. <laughs> that if something happens, yeah, you got to marry your brother's wife. Well, it was mainly brother. just to take care of them because right. you didn't have a man, you didn't make it back in those. So days. now they come up with this situation. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married, and then he died. And since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother, and the same thing happened. And so they came up with a scenario, kind of like what people do when you talk about, well, what if someone's cremated? Hypothetical. Or, you know, or what if some, you know, what if what if a guy is married seven times? So, and let's say he, you know, surrenders to Jesus and he makes it to heaven. Well, I mean, whose wife is he going to be? Because you got a verse that says, you know, what, what God has joined together let not man separate right. and i mean you know i mean there'll be fights in heaven you know it'll turn into the jerry springer show and you know because i mean that's my wife i mean what are yeah. we doing you know yeah. she's married twice and whatever so they come up with this scenario and it says finally uh the woman died now at the resurrection whose wife will she be of the seven since all of them were married to her you know i thought it was a pretty good question and jesus he did not think it was a very smart question because he says, you're in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. <laughs> Boom. That's Boom. a that's a drop of mic. You idiot. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that because he wouldn't do it because he's love also. That's right. But I, was, I would have said, hey. We added that. <laughs> at the resurrection, here's what Jesus says, because I think it really, this this clears up a lot of things. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, 
Have you not read what God said to you? I am. We're back to the John 8. Yep. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Because he is life. He has the power to resurrect. In him is life. So it's not oh, just because you die physically, that means nothing. Right. He he is life. He can just, zip, oh, oh that, there you are, back back walking again. There's Lazarus yep. walking around. Hey, Which is why I think he did the Lazarus healing, just to show that power anyway. Because obviously Lazarus died again and That's is right. still waiting on the final resurrection. That's why. But he just showed, oh, I got the power. You, you want to bring somebody Lazarus back from the dead? Lazarus is asleep, but no time has passed. That's right. That's why, get, an eye. Yeah. that's why I have I've had some some arguments with people who who just chase the miracles of Jesus. And look, if God wants to do a miracle, He can do it. That's right. He has got all the power. And you know, we pray sometimes. People are sick, and we're asking God to intervene. And there's nothing wrong with that. He encourages to do that. But if that's where you put all your faith, you know, you're going to die anyway. I mean, so he gives you a few more years. Well, at some point, you're dying. Yeah, well, you're you're out of miracle. You're out of out of get out of out of time. Yeah, you're out of you know. Was get pretty out evident. Of jail free. It's pretty evident, guys, that all the when you read about miracles, whether Jesus did them or some of the early apostles, they were always to point people to him. You know, all right. You, you think about that. You remember when John and and uh, and Peter right after the church was started and they're going every day to the temple courts. And so they're walking into the temple and they're coming through the, the, it's called the beautiful gate. And there's a cripple laying there and he'd been there. He's been a cripple since birth. So they're walking by him and they look over at him and he looks at them. He's got eye contact. So he thinks they're fixing to give him some money. And Peter said, look at us. He looks at him. He's excited. Now fixing to get some money. He was like, we don't have any gold or silver. But what we do have is better than that. He said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And so yeah. this guy's been crippled his whole life, gnarled legs. I mean, you know, this isn't like, you know, he, he was. In, Which gets to all our ailments. Look, we're perishable. He's imperishable. That's right. So it's not a problem. But here's my all point. Right, your bicep moved four inches and it's you're in pain. But guess what? At some point, Jesus, it, that's fixed. Yeah, that's so, right. That's no issue. And that's compared to you being in the ground, dead. That's a pretty minor injury that, that you Very have much right so. now. Cause you're, That's why I'm not sitting there going, oh, me, oh, me, oh, me, oh, I'm hurting. What do you think? No. Well, most people, that's all they want to talk I'm about. I'm thinking of the resurrection My of the dead. My shingles hurt. Most people, look, in our world, they spend 99% of their conversations talking about what's wrong with them. <laughs> so here we are in Jesus. We're trying to talk about what's right. Yeah. We don't, this we don't. is We're focusing on what's right. Not yep. what's wrong. Because my whole point is, like, we've had some serious discussions when people come up and a child dies or something is terrible, you know? And they're like, why would God let this happen? I mean, they're just screaming. They're mad at God. And you're trying to convey to them, death is not a problem to God. It's not an issue because he is life. Right. He doesn't view that as a problem. No, we view it as a problem because we're going to miss them, and rightfully so. Sure. But if you just think, if your life, and it says Jesus is life. He said that to Thomas. I am the truth, the way, the life. I am life. Death is not a problem. Ever. It, it's it's not a problem at the resurrection. It's not whose wife is it. That's not a problem. It's not. doesn't matter how you died 
or how many relationships you had before you died. None of that's a problem. How many ailments you had. It, none of that is a problem. What else could he, would he have to do to prove that? Exactly. He's healing people. He's raising them from the dead. And the reason he was doing it, and my point back to the beggar, so the beggar jumps up. He's running around. Who wouldn't you? He's fired up. He's So he's following you know, Peter, he's like, wherever they're going, that's where I, I mean, they just gave me my legs. Yeah, they want it. They want him over. So, but here was the whole point. There's, there were, I'm sure, crippled people all over, you know, Jerusalem at the time. Sure. The reason that Peter did it is that then he went in there and said, salvation is found in no one but Jesus Christ. And then he's got this Sanhedrin, you know, they're like, well, who, by whose authority are you doing? You know, again, there's a guy running around. You know, for the first time ever in his life, that ignore that. Who do you think you are that you can come in the our temple yep. and and do something like this? They yep. they ignored it, which shows you the about how miracles are. They saw the miracle and it didn't even matter. They were That's more right. critical. The other people though saw it and were astonished. It said they saw that these men were unschooled and ordinary, and yet had been with Jesus. Yep. And then they listened. So my point is. We talk about miracles are only there to point us towards what can change us for eternity. It's not in just the moment of it. People, one guy sees it and is like, ah, it's not a miracle. The guy just got better. The other guy looks at it and says, man, I want to know more. I mean, I want to know more about why this A lot of people say if I could just see him, Phil, and talk with him, and he would appear to me, he said, then I would believe. And I said, well, if he did appear to you every 15 minutes saying, keep the faith if he did that every 15 minutes you would still have to put your faith in his death for your sins his burial and his resurrection so seeing him it wouldn't supersede your faith in him that's right so why would he appear to you every 15 minutes do you do you believe in him you say yeah he doesn't need to appear to me he doesn't need to do that well that's That's my i believe in him a lot of faith in, in who he is God in flesh and what he's done, what he's now doing, mediating for me, keeping me clean, coming back to take me out of here alive. I'm like, I don't need to see. But if he wants to show himself, it's not going to change a bit of my faith. I'm still going to have to believe he's the one that came from God and removed my sin, delivered me from Satan, and raised me from the dead. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of people get offended, you know, when I talk about that. Don't, Don't chase miracles. I mean, if God wants to do that, great. And people, you know, religious people, they get offended when you say that because that's that, that's what they're chasing. And I'm like, you, God is giving you something greater than a miracle. And then they they look up and like, well, what could that be? He's giving you a miracle worker. He's giving you the one who could actually do the miracles. Do you want the miracle or do you want to walk side by side with the one who can do the miracles? I'm like, I'm gonna go with the guy who can do the miracles. He wants to give me one every once in a while. Great, but if not, oh well. At some point, he'll say, "I'll take care of it." I mean, it, it's well, bigger than that, and it's a never lose scenario. They come in, they say, "You know what? You know, man, I got this hurting in my gut. You know, I don't know what's going on. You're full of cancer." And you're like, "Oh no!" And so you're like, "So you pray, you know, Lord, do a miracle, take this cancer." It's not a bad prayer. I mean, you're, you want to live a little longer. That's yep. no problem. But the winner is if I'm in Christ. Mm-hmm. What if He says, "No, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to come on home now. I got, you know, I got other things. You're going to bring me glory through the process of that." And then all of a sudden, it's a low lose scenario, and I see it happen every day. I got a friend that's a friend that used to play golf with Jason and I. 
you know, but that's the news he got. Right now he's getting better. Maybe guy's going to give him a few years. But if he doesn't, it ain't going to matter. This guy's a follower all the way to the end. If yep. you if you want the scriptures to validate what we're proposing here, if you go to the book of Hebrews, and he says in chapter 1 and verse 3, he says the Son, is the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So he starts off saying he's more superior than even angels. He goes to chapter 2 and he says, you know, how can we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? which is found in Jesus, this superior being. Mm -hmm. Well, then he makes this reference in verse 3 of chapter 2. He says, this salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, our Lord Jesus, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God testified to it. To what? The Son declaring salvation. He testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the holy spirit distributed according to his will then he goes on to say you know he gets to chapter three and he says jesus is greater than moses and he talks about every house is built by someone but god is the builder of everything and he gets to verse six of chapter three and he says christ is faithful as a son over god's house and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. And my point is, I went through three chapters there. Right in the middle of that, he brought up miracles and signs and wonders, mm-hmm. and all they did, his, the Hebrew writer's purpose was that those were there to point you to Jesus. Right. If you miss the miracle worker, if you're just chasing the signs, miracles, and, and wonders, well, you missed the whole point of this thing. You missed the image of the invisible God. That's right. Yep. Great point. Yeah. Good point. And Hebrews, Jace, you're right. You you could just keep going because you stopped at three. I was thinking the whole thing is Jesus greater. The Hebrew writer was brilliant in the idea that he showed every tenet of Judaism and everything that had been before in law, Jesus is greater. Jesus is great. It's just a, you talk about a withering case for the greatness of Jesus is in that book. And then yep. right there at the end that. of it is the Hebrews Hall of Fame, all these great people that lived before but they all live by faith, which was most important the whole way through. Yeah, I'll give a helpful tip. You know, a lot of people, somebody came up one time with the Romans road of salvation, you know, and they go through there because right. it talks about we're all sinners and it eventually gets to Jesus. Yeah, Paul makes and, a great case yeah, there. Yeah. It's a great point. But I, I, when people are religious people that I introduce Jesus with, because a lot of people go to church and they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Right. They've never surrendered. I mean, church buildings are full of people. We, we, we know that. And it's a hard place to be because you're hiding they, in plain sight. Yeah. They kind of think they're in and give the impression that they're in, but their hearts a million miles away from having a relationship with God. Well, those are difficult people to reach because they pretty much heard the gist of everything. They just have it surrendered or repented. I go the Hebrews road with people like that because at some point they missed Jesus. It was right there in front of them. They've heard about Jesus, but somehow the superiority of Jesus in their life, it it just got missed. And I think it's a great place to go 
And it has your favorite verse, Hebrews 13, 8. I love it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which Timeless. is my point about his DNA. It, it's, And I keep pounding on this in every discussion we have, but it's hard for us to grasp that there's a being out there named Jesus that just is. When he said, I am, it, it's hard to grasp that he is love. He doesn't one day decide not to love us. We come up with that in our mind. We say, well, God doesn't love me anymore because he didn't heal me. No, he, he is love. It never is. It's not going to change <laughs> based on your circumstance. He is light. He is life. You don't have to worry about death. But we, you know, we get that in our mind until our heart starts going out. And then all of a sudden we're scared because we're right. like, oh, well, what if, what if it's not real? No, it's real. It's real. It's and not we, a problem. And we live for that moment. That's a bright, sunny thought to leave on, Jace, on a rainy day, as you can see out of our it's unashamed podcast look, command look, center. I watched the weather this morning before we duck hunted, and they said, listen to this, 0% chance of rain. I'm hmm. telling you, them, Zero. Fine, them fine chicks are too fine to know about this rain. <laughs> you know just, why they, they don't know about the weather? <laughs> I don't know. They never go outside. They're in a studio. They're in a studio. Work, look, working they, on hair and makeup. Looking at the computer. <laughs> it's all back to I'm, the I'm just saying, Every look. Every once look at the computer. Let me just check. Well, we better tell them it's raining because it is. All right, so so we, we got to wrap this up. But since we're we're recording this on the day of the national championship, and so so I got to get us on record is what we think is going to happen tonight. And this is going to be later aired is later. Is that why you watched uh, War of the LSU? Yeah, that's exactly why. You didn't wear I will say before. one just short comment. Okay. Clemson will be difficult to beat. Ah, so you're going with Clemson? You're going on record. Nope. I'm just making a statement. I agree. Based on what they've done over the last couple of years, oh, they're yeah. going to oh. be hard to beat. Well, I agree. I got a hundo that I'm sitting on that says <laughs> that's a hundred dollar bill for our office. <laughs> I'll take LSU and I'll give you. Well, I got a hundo in my right pocket, <laughs> so I'm just I'll just stick to what I said. They're going to be hard to beat. Hmm. So are you going? With I'm not Is saying this a bet. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, I think it should if be. If LSU beats them, they're gonna really have to come to pull. pull well, Phil, I don't like making bets when there's not a clear <laughs> agreement. When Alabama was playing them, <laughs> when Alabama played them in the championships last year, the year before, <laughs> I'm looking over there, and Saban is using the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. But but Dabo is over there with his troops praying. And yeah. the prayers won. So I'm just saying, <laughs> these guys, they are, they, are, they awesome pray guy. to God, bless us with football He's an awesome energy. Guy. Have you noticed that? He's great. I love him. I mean, and I would be pulling for Clemson against Alabama for LSU sure. by at least 10. Uh, I, I concur. Which yeah. at least 10, which is not a whole lot. Right. That's oh, what I think I'm it's going to be close. That's what I'm saying. Oh. They'll probably win, but but it's going to be difficult to beat Clemson. I was trying to pick up a hundo, but I guess that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I've Go never Tigers. been much of a gambler. Go Tiger. It's not gambling if you know you're going to win. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes, and it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word. 
and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.